is less than one week until the NFL draft where teams will look to find their next superstars and the Dallas Cowboys have nine picks in the 2022 NFL draft and they have some serious needs to fill. I will discuss the remaining positions and players to keep an eye on and I will unveil my Cowboys seven round mock draft next on the wrap up. It is coming down to the final few days before the NFL draft in Las Vegas and teams are wrapping up their draft boards. The Cowboys, they haven't had the greatest offseason and that's opened up a lot of holes that the team needs to fill. And while they can't fill them all in the draft, if they do draft well, they can fill most of them. And last time I discussed the offensive and defensive line and today I'm going to be discussing the rest of the positions that are key for the Cowboys and those bigger positions that they need to fill. And I'm going to start with the wide receiver position. So the Cowboys, they traded their wide receiver one, Amari Cooper, to the Cleveland Browns for a fifth-round pick, and they swapped sixth-round picks. This is a huge hole for the Cowboys because I don't believe that CeeDee Lamb is ready for that jump. And Michael Gallup, we know that he's probably going to miss at least two or three games at the beginning of the year because he tore his ACL in Week 17. So that is a pretty big hole for the Cowboys to fill. It might not be something that they address in a round one, but it's probably going to be a day two, day three kind of scenario. Let's take a look at the first round to start. Uh, My favorite guy in the first round is going to be Chris Olave out of Ohio State. He's probably the best route runner in the class. He was a superstar for the Buckeyes. He had 936 yards last year and 13 touchdowns a part of a wide receiver group that has what will be four first-round picks, very likely another guy, Garrett Wilson, this year will be a first-round pick, and then Jackson Smith and Jigba will be a first-round pick next year. The Cowboys need to get another good wide receiver, and Ohio State just happens to be one of those teams that always produces really good wide receiver talent. Another guy in the first round, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, He's generated a lot of buzz, especially with the Cowboys because of the ties of Jerry Jones at Arkansas. He didn't test very well. I'm not that big of a fan of him. He's somewhat bigger. He's six foot two, 225. But in my opinion, it's not really a guy that I want the Cowboys to take. I understand he's talented, but I think there's a couple players in round two that the Cowboys can get, and it's not much of a drop-off. And speaking of round two, there's a guy, he's a fringe round two. He might make it into the first round. He's probably my favorite wide receiver in the class. That's Christian Watson from North Dakota State. He was absolutely dominant at North Dakota State. There's some questions, of course, being from an FCS school about the talent that you play. But wide receiver is one of those positions where you just have it. Like, you know that a guy has an it factor about him, and Christian Watson has that. He's six foot four. he's huge, and he's drawn a lot of comparisons to Des Bryant. He's going to be a great red zone threat wherever he goes. And if the Cowboys want to get themselves a taller receiver, this is the guy to do it. There's another guy in the second round I really like, George Pickens from Georgia. I said this last time discussing the defensive line. You can't go wrong with a Georgia player. Pickens, he's got a vacuum for hands. He catches almost everything. Extremely talented wide receiver. Played well in the postseason for the Bulldogs. Another guy that I wouldn't mind the Cowboys taking in round two, but I really don't know that 
they get a receiver in round two unless it's that best player available scenario like it was with C.D. Lamb. Um, that's really the only way that I see the Cowboys taking a wide receiver in round two unless there's somebody that they just absolutely love there. And it's highly possible. Another guy to look at in later rounds, Calvin Austin the third from Memphis. He's going to be a returner. He's a smaller guy, speedy slot receiver. He could be one of those guys in a Cedric Wilson-type role. Uh, I think it'd be a really good spot for him and the Cowboys. And they could kind of use him in a Tony Pollard-like role, maybe maybe like a wide back, kind of like Debo Samuel has been used. There's, of course, been a lot of talk about Debo Samuel requesting a trade from San Francisco. He liked a tweet about going to Dallas. It's not going to happen, but if the Cowboys do want to get him, giving up pick number 24 is not even – not even out of the question. Like, pick 24 for Debo Samuel, I would do that any day of the week because you're not going to find a talent like Debo Samuel at pick number 24. And I'm willing to give up a third-round pick as well or a second round next year, something like that. But Debo Samuel could be a game-changer for the Cowboys, but I don't think they make that move. Another guy in the second round that I like is Sky Moore from Western Michigan. He's really shot up the draft boards. He kind of got noticed in the draft process you know once things started kicking around with the combine and pro days and that kind of thing he's one of those guys that on tape you're not really going to see him pop because he wore the number 24 and as a receiver that's just not a number that pops and his coaches discussed this he wore 24 because they thought he was going to be a defensive back and he just ended up excelling at the wide receiver position he had over 1200 yards last year and 10 touchdowns at Western Michigan. Now I want to bring it closer to home. Let's talk DFW. There's two guys from the DFW, and that is Reggie Roberson Jr. He was from SMU. He transferred from West Virginia to SMU. He made his name as a returner for the Mustangs, and he could be one of those fifth-round picks that the Cowboys have. They have four picks in the fifth round, so I feel like if Roberson is going to be a Cowboy, it's going to be one of those picks. And then another guy, he's going to be another later pick, probably a six or seven, because he did not test well at all. Charleston Rambo, he's from Miami, but he was born and raised in the DFW area. He's a really big guy. He has potential. He just tested so poorly, and he really didn't play that well this past year at Miami. He has the potential. He just has to be kind of brought along. It's going to be one of those projects. You know, the, the Cowboys are known in the later rounds for taking your projects. They did it with Rico Gathers, the basketball star, who they were hoping would turn into a tight end. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. He goes to Cleveland, and now he's out of the NFL. I don't think you're going to see that with Rambo. He played wide receiver. He could potentially, if he added weight, be a tight end because he's taller. But it's one of those guys that it's probably going to be a special teams move for the First two or three years of his career, maybe a Noah Brown kind of scenario, but it's, it's just one of those picks where it's going to be a late-round guy, so you can't expect too much from him. There's one more guy I want to talk about, and that's Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. He had a standout year with the Jaguars, 1,400 yards and eight touchdowns, and at the Senior Bowl, he had cheers throughout the crowd because he's from Mobile, Alabama, so he's a hometown kid. He had two receptions for 24 yards. Next up, I want to move on to the tight end position, kind of wrapping up the offensive side of the ball. It's a very weak class for tight ends. 
there's really not a guy that I believe deserves a first-round grade, and certainly there's nobody that deserves to be selected in the first round. The Cowboys, they do need a tight end, though. It's not a huge need, but it is a need because they release Blake Jarwin. They re-sign Jeremy Sprinkle, so he's back. But they release Jarwin. Schultz is on the tag, so there's really not much of a plan at tight end after this upcoming season, unless, of course, they extend Dalton Schultz. Many people have Trey McBride as the top guy in the class. He's probably going to be the best all-around tight end that you're going to find. He can catch. He can block. He's six foot three, so it allows him to have somewhat of a mismatch with linebackers and box safeties. And he was one of the top targets for Colorado State last year. Nine of their 12 games, he was the leading receiver. He had just over 1,100 yards, and he'd be a good option in round two. Uh, I think he probably goes in that earlier part. If a team really wants a tight end, he'll probably go in that maybe 38 to 50 kind of range. But if teams don't want a tight end, he might drop to the Cowboys at 56. And if they really do want him, they'll take him at 56. One name that has just shot up draft boards after the Combine and Pro Day is Virginia tight end Jelani Woods. Woods, he transferred to Virginia from Oklahoma. He had just under 600 yards this past year and eight scores. The biggest upside with Jelani Woods is his size. He is six foot seven, and he's going to be a mismatch for any defensive player that he's going to face. He had a 4'6-140 time, and that's pretty impressive for a guy that is six foot seven, 235 pounds. That is honestly really impressive, and I think that speed is going to allow him to get ahead of, of your linebackers and safeties down the seam. And he's one of those guys that if you can throw it up there in the middle of the field, he's probably going to get it because he's going to tower over the linebackers and safeties that he goes up against. The final guy I want to focus on is Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin. He was an early favorite for me. I kind of picked my guys in Mobile. He played really well there at the Senior Bowl, and he's a very versatile tight end. He's going to be a really good run blocker. Um, He doesn't have the greatest hands, but he has certainly improved on them throughout the draft process and his senior year at Wisconsin. The Cowboys, they need a run blocker now that Jarwin is gone because that was kind of his specialty. So I think Ferguson would be a pretty big upgrade from Jaws, and it's also going to help improve the run game. Last year's draft saw defense, defense, and more defense for the Dallas Cowboys. And while it's not going to look like that this year, the Cowboys are still going to be adding pieces for Dan Quinn. In my eyes, the biggest issue on the defense right now is linebacker. The Cowboys linebacker room is very thin. They have one of the best, if not the best, linebacker in the NFL right now in Micah Parsons. Outside of that, it is very, very thin. They have Leighton Vander Esch. They have Luke Gifford. That's about it. They, of course, have Jabril Cox, the rookie that they drafted in the fourth round last year. He's coming off a torn ACL, so you never know how a guy is going to recover from that. But the Cowboys are lucky because this is a really good linebacker class. And I said this last time, and you're going to hear me say it a lot. So there are three guys from the University of Georgia at linebacker that would be phenomenal picks for the Dallas Cowboys. You cannot go wrong with a Georgia Bulldog this year. You just cannot. Every player that they have in the draft is going to very likely be a star or at least a really good starter. So for me, N'Kobe Dean is hands down my favorite player in the draft. 
He's versatile, a great tackler, and a fierce pass rusher. He's slightly smaller than most linebackers, but he's an incredible leader, and he would undoubtedly give the Cowboys the best linebacker pairing in the nation with him and Micah Parsons. I don't know that he makes it to 24, but if he somehow falls to 24, the Cowboys must take him. They absolutely must, because pairing him with Micah Parsons would make that defense dangerous. Now, there are two other linebackers, as I mentioned, from the Georgia Bulldogs. There's Quay Walker and Channing Tindall. Walker, he's going to be an early to mid-round two kind of guy, and Tindall's going to be round three, maybe early round four if he falls. And you're going to continue to hear me say this. You can't go wrong with a Georgia defensive player. With that being said, going linebacker with so many other needs in the first round might be a little rich for the Cowboys, but there are plenty of prospects on day two and three. And for me, the headliner on day two is going to be Montana State's Troy Anderson. If you go to the dictionary and you look up the word versatile, it's just a picture of Troy Anderson. At Montana State, he was called on to do everything. He was a linebacker, of course. He was also a running back and a punter for Montana State. He's six foot four, 235 pounds, and he has shot up the boards because he's extremely versatile. And the fact is he finally saw the spotlight. Those FCS guys really don't get any sort of spotlight until it comes to the draft process. Another guy, as I just mentioned earlier, is Christian Watson. Anderson is a phenomenal linebacker, and he's just going to be a monster in the NFL. And another favorite of mine is Wyoming linebacker Chad Muma. I absolutely loved what I saw from Muma on Mobile, and I would be elated if the Cowboys were to trade back in the second round or trade up in the third round to get him. I don't know if he's going to be the right guy at 56. I think there's going to be a couple better players there. But if you really want Chad Muma, I think moving back in the second round or up in the third round is going to be the perfect spot for him. For me, Chad Muma, he's very similar to Sean Lee. He's got great vision. His sideline-to-sideline speed is absolutely insane. He showcased that in Mobile when he tracked down Malik Willis. Willis had this crazy run for about 35 yards. Muma goes sideline-to-sideline and takes him down. And yeah, if the Cowboys have a chance to get him with their third-round pick, they absolutely must do it. Now, taking a look towards day three, there's not a ton of guys that I really like. One of them that's a pretty solid option is Micah McFadden from Indiana. He was a second-team All-Big Ten selection this past year. He had six and a half sacks and 49 solo tackles for the Hoosiers. He's going to be a really good prospect to develop. So... He's going to be similar to that Luke Gifford type. He's going to play a lot of special teams his first two or three years. He's a role player. Obviously, that's kind of where you go with your five, six, seven round players. They're not necessarily going to be a starter. Every now and then you have a guy in the sixth or seventh round that ends up being a starter. It's very rare. Of course, everybody likes to point to Tom Brady. But the Cowboys had a guy in Donovan Wilson a couple years ago that was a very solid safety for them for many years. But you're not guaranteed that these guys are going to be really good starters. So I think McFadden is more of that role player. And it's, it's perfect for him being in the Dan Quinn system, 
because it'll allow him to learn under one of the best defensive coaches in the nation. Now let's take a look at the defensive backs. It's not a huge need for the Cowboys, but very likely a possibility on day two and day three. There's been a lot of talk about Derek Stingley Jr. dropping down the board. And there's maybe a 5% chance that he's there at 24, but if he is, you don't think twice. You take him. Derek Stingley, if he's there at 24, he is the pick. So there's been a couple concerns with him because he hasn't played much at LSU because of injury and the COVID year, and so you kind of take that into consideration. But when Derek Stingley is healthy, he's the best defensive back in college football. His freshman year when they won the national championship, that was showcased. He was the best defensive back in college football. He won the Jim Thorpe Award for the best defensive back in college football. The Cowboys over the past couple of years, the best player available strategy has worked really well for them. You get guys like Micah Parsons, CeeDee Lamb, and Trayvon Diggs if you go best player available. But I'm a little bit worried because of how many needs they have that they're going to start reaching for picks, that they're going to take a guy that maybe doesn't deserve to be, let's say, a second-round pick. Let's say he's a third-round pick, but they go at 56 and take him because they need to fill a hole. you got to stick with best player available and try to plug holes in free agency. That's what a lot of teams do, and the Cowboys, unfortunately, in free agency, haven't done really anything this year. They signed Ryan Nall, James Washington, and Dante Fowler Jr. So they've plugged a couple holes, but there's a big hole on the offensive line at left guard, left by Connor Williams. I think that's something they address likely in the first round, maybe the second round at the latest, but the Cowboys need to not reach and continue to take the best player available. And if they do that, if Stingley's there and they take him, that's going to be a dangerous duo in the secondary because you've got a lockdown corner now and you've got a guy in Trayvon Diggs that if you throw it his way, there's a 50-50 chance that he picks that ball off. But like I said, very unlikely that he's there at 24 And there's really nobody else in the first round that I like other than Sauce Gardner, and he'll probably be taken inside the top 10, top 15 at the absolute latest. Outside of round one, there are a few day two guys that I really like. Most of them are safeties. The first one is safety Jaquan Brisker from Penn State. He's been tied to Dallas for a while now, and he's a great Penn State product that he's got a couple questions that come with him because he was a one-year starter. But I can't think of a better place for him than in Dallas with Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn already has shown to like his Penn State guys, and Jaquan Brisker would be a really good addition to the Cowboys' secondary. Another guy, Daxton Hill from Michigan. He's a versatile player. He flipped his commitment from Alabama to Michigan, and he put on a show in his three years in Ann Arbor. He can play both corner and safety, and that's something that's really valuable in today's NFL. Another guy, Lewis Seen from Georgia. He's been one of the more versatile and impressive defenders in college football, and he's got that frame that if he adds a little bit more weight, he could end up playing linebacker. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Cowboys take him, that you see him add a couple pounds in the offseason, and then he ends up playing in that kind of Keanu Neal-type role with Neal going to the Buccaneers now the Cowboys needing somebody to fill that spot where somebody can play linebacker and safety. So I wouldn't be shocked if Lewis Seen gets drafted by the Cowboys in round two and then ends up in that Keanu Neal-type role. 
Another guy that has just been severely underrated throughout the draft process, he was a stud at Baylor, Jalen Petrie, the safety from Baylor. He's going to be a round two guy because people have finally seen his talent. He's great in the run game, and that can be tough to find in a safety, a guy who's willing to to get in the box and hit people, and, and he's a really good tackler. And, I mean, Petrie is going to be a really talented player for whoever drafts him. He might end up being a guy that gets taken in the late first round, a guy that maybe the Lions at 31 take a shot on or the Bears take very early in round two. He's going to be one of those guys that he might not even make it to 56 because of how talented he is. Now I want to take a look at the corner class because there's two guys that I really like from small schools. And the first guy is Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State. He's a small school guy, so he's not going to get much attention, but he held his own in Mobile. He was one of two Division II prospects in Mobile, and he had a really good week. He held his own against some of the top wide receiver talent in the class. He's pretty much a lock to be drafted on day three. He's probably going to be a late five, early six kind of guy, and he's lengthy. He's bigger, he's lengthy, and that's what Dan Quinn loves. And the Cowboys might even reach on a guy like him because if you take a look at last year's draft with Nashawn Wright, many people had him as like a fifth-round pick, and the Cowboys took him at the back end of the third round with pick number 99. Another guy that I really like from small school, it's a safety, Marquise Bell from Florida A&M. So he transferred to Florida A&M from a community college, which he attended after he was kicked off the football team at the University of Maryland because of some off-the-field issues, a highly touted recruit. And he's going to be a really good, strong safety to pair with J. Ron Curse. And I think it might take him a year or two, but he could definitely be a starting safety in the NFL. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah. It is now time to unveil my final Cowboys mock draft of the year, a full seven-round mock draft featuring all nine picks for the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys, they're likely going to make a trade or two, but in this mock draft, they're going to be staying put. In round one, the Cowboys patch up the offensive line, taking Boston College's Zion Johnson. So I've been pretty high on him from the beginning. If you've listened to my other podcast discussing the Senior Bowl, he's a guy that I absolutely loved in Mobile. He's got great strength. He has the ability to play multiple positions on the line. He played tackle. He played guard in college. And then at the Senior Bowl, he played center. So he's a perfect fit for the Cowboys who are trying to rebuild their offensive line, and he's going to be a day-one starter at the left guard position. In round two, the Cowboys have pick number 56, and they're going to head to the defensive side of the ball, taking defensive end Nick Benito from Oklahoma. The Cowboys, they've had their luck in recent years with their Oklahoma defensive linemen, of course the main one being Neville Gallimore, who has excelled on the interior defensive line. Benito possesses speed and bend that allows him to attack the quarterback and be an absolute menace for offensive tackles. He's going to be a really good rotational player because that's what the Cowboys are going to do. They've got Demarcus Lawrence on one side. They're probably going to rotate Chauncey Golston, Fowler, and if they take Benito, him as well, on the edge. And then I think by the end of the year, Benito might win out that starting job. He had 23 solo tackles, seven sacks, and a forced fumble in his final year with the Sooners. He'd be a really good pick if he makes it to 56. 
With pick number 88 in the third round, the Cowboys take a wide receiver, Alec Pierce, from Cincinnati. The Cowboys, they need a new weapon in the slot because CeeDee Lamb is going to be forced to play the X position now that Amari Cooper is gone. Alec Pierce is one of those guys who has stood out throughout the draft process because he played such a big part in sending the Bearcats to the college football playoff. He had 52 receptions, 884 yards, and eight touchdowns for them last year. He was a huge weapon for Desmond Ritter and a pretty big reason that he's going to go likely in the late first round or early second round. In round four, the Cowboys go back to the defensive side of the ball and they add to the linebacker room with Baylor linebacker Terrell Bernard. He's got great sideline to sideline speed. He's quick in space and it allows him to track the ball carrier down. He was able to stay pretty much step for step with a lot of tight ends that he played in the Big 12 and He's one of a few really good Baylor defensive players in this class. He had 61 solo tackles and seven and a half sacks for the Baylor Bears last season. Bernard is going to be a really good addition, and the Cowboys love their Texas guys, so I would not be shocked to see the Cowboys get him at the beginning of the fourth round. The Cowboys in the fifth round, they have four picks, and that's going to allow them to kind of fill some of those spots that maybe you're more of just a role player, but still spots that need to be filled. So the first selection that the Cowboys have in the fifth round is pick number 155, and they're going to add a tight end, Daniel Bellinger from San Diego State. He's a tough tight end. He's shown some flashes of greatness as a run blocker. He's athletic, but he's not really a dynamic threat, but he makes up for it with his size. He had 31 receptions, 357 yards, and two touchdowns, last year with San Diego State. With their second pick in the fifth round, the Cowboys do something that they haven't done since 2009, and that is draft a kicker. They go with LSU kicker Cade York. York shined in his three years as a starter for the Tigers with a career field goal percentage of 82.3%. His longest field goal last year was 56 yards, and in his career, it was 57 yards. The Cowboys, they really need a kicker now that they let Greg Zerline go, and so I have them adding one in the draft. With their third selection in the fifth round, the Cowboys get a safety, a guy I've already talked about, Marquise Bell from Florida A&M. It's a really good addition to the defense in a later round. Safety's not the biggest need that the Cowboys have, but it allows Bell to develop under J. Ron Curse and Malik Hooker. He had 10 solo tackles, four forced fumble, and one interception in four games last year. He's a really good and really talented player. If the Cowboys are willing to develop him for a year or two, he'll probably end up as a Donovan Wilson type where he starts for the Dallas Cowboys. With their final pick in the fifth round, the Cowboys go back to the offensive line, taking Joshua Azudu from North Carolina. He's got a really strong anchor in the pass protection, and he thrives there. The head coach of North Carolina, Mack Brown, he's consistently referred to Joshua Azudu as the best offensive lineman on that team. He's going to be a developmental prospect similar to Matt Farniak last year, or even Josh Ball, but he's going to be one of those guys where if push comes to shove and there's an injury at left guard or right guard, he's going to be able to hold his own. It's not going to be pretty, but he's going to be able to hold his own and hopefully help the Cowboys protect Dak Prescott for those couple of weeks for whoever's injured. The Cowboys, they do not have a seventh round pick, but they do have one pick in the sixth round. That is pick number 193. And with that pick, 
They're going back to the defense. They take Indiana linebacker Micah McFadden. McFadden, he's going to fall to the sixth round where the Cowboys are going to take him. And it's really more of a special team's depth that they're trying to add here. He's not going to be a guy that's going to come in and start day one. He'll likely play more of a Luke Gifford type of role, or he's going to be a practice squad player. That's probably where he ends up his rookie year on the practice squad. But he's going to be one of those guys, like I mentioned, Luke Gifford, that eventually he goes up to special teams. He plays really well there. He might get a couple snaps in-game at linebacker, but a solid role player for the Cowboys. The countdown is on less than a week to the NFL draft where we will find out who the next Dallas Cowboys will be. I will do an in-depth analysis of each draft pick that the Cowboys have and what I think they'll do with the rest of their offseason. I want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. If you don't already subscribe, make sure to do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're on Facebook or Instagram, make sure to give me a follow at The Wrap Up so you can stay updated on the latest in Dallas Cowboys news. I'm Alec Rapp, and this has been The Wrap Up.